0: Hello humans and welcome to Sinister Soup, the show where we talk about genre fiction through ridiculous conversation, dice rolling, and hopefully some fan of sometimes. Uh, today we have a great brew-a-soup for you. Is it called a brew? Or is it called like a pot? What What is the, the definite the, the term for uh, soup?
1: Uh, I, I don't know if you necessarily brew it. I, I mean, I guess you could, you know?
0: Yeah. Anyway. You, you I feel like one. if you
1: cook it in a cauldron, you know, that's usually makes me think of brewing.
0: Yeah. Like a witch's brew is like a soup. It's not like a coffee. like.
1: Yeah, or a beer. But it's definitely like a brew if a witch is doing it. So I guess if a witch is making your soup, then she's probably brewing it, right? And seeing as our soup is sinister, I feel like it's probably a brew. Yeah, it's definitely the, the sort of thing a witch... Would do, I think. Indeed, yeah. So,
0: yeah, we got a great brew for you today. <laughs>
1: Absolutely, we'll have our usual
0: segments. Uh, starting with bring some culture
1: for bring some culture today. Uh, the cool thing that I saw out in the universe. I mean, I've been seeing this regularly for for the last uh, year or so, but I discovered the the Pat McAfee show earlier this year it's a it's primarily a football show but it's a lot different than a lot of other football shows i've seen it's very much centered around like fun and kind of goofing around and just having good conversations with you know relevant people sort of like i don't know like it's sort of like i would call it almost the joe rogan podcast of football okay um So it's not quite like Joe Rogan, but they're definitely like just a bunch of dudes having a good time. But they bring on some really high level people like they have Aaron Rodgers on there every week. He comes every Tuesday and they have like Lovey Smith on there last week, the the new coach for the Houston Texans and a whole bunch of like really high profile people. AJ Hawk is a co-host and he was a big time player for the Packers. Pat McAfee himself was a punter for the Indiana- Indianapolis Colts when Peyton Manning was there. So, like, he was a punter, but he was on a really high-level Super Bowl-winning team. And he's, he's an awesome, awesome show host. And I know this show's about, like, books and movies, but a good show's a good show, I think. And I think that if you, like, like sports as well as books and movies, like I do—I'm a big fan of football— but you like don't really follow football news or know much more about football other than like during the season, I would say the Pat McAfee show would be about the best place for you to learn more about football if you want to, because it's a very fun, open environment to learn about football in just a really goofy setting instead of like, they don't take it so overly serious. Yeah. Um, and I really like that about it. And the way they treat their guests and stuff, they bring people on just to have fun with them. And you learn through that instead of these like really clipped times. And like, um, like he asked really good questions, but the way they approach things and people are allowed to say whatever they want. Like when Brock Lesnar was on the show, he like threw one of their headsets up into the rafters in like a mock tantrum and broke like a table And that headset is still up there. Like, (laughs) they just left it up there as like a memento to Brock Lesnar. So stuff like that happens on the show. It's just a really, really fun show. It's actually become one of my favorite shows. And I've never been a fan of, like, watching football shows. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's my culture for the week. I'm I'm a new, big new fan of Pat McAfee. And uh, his show and everybody over there, AJ Hawk and everybody else that's doing the show with him, they do an awesome job. And if you're looking to learn more about the sport or you're just looking for like a fun new show that's different, I would recommend it highly.
0: That's awesome. And I mean, yeah, I, I don't think you even have to add a justification for for a football show being on the and Cultures segment because like it's definitively culture, even if some people don't follow it it is like part of our culture um so that's awesome
1: absolutely yeah and i mean yeah especially in america you know like football yeah. literally owns a day of the week so yeah if you're an american football's a part of your culture whether you like it or not like super bowl sunday you're you better go to the store at the right time just like thanksgiving you know what i mean yeah exactly so
0: yeah it sounds like something i might check out although i say that but i don't really
1: Listen to a lot of podcasts, right?
0: and yeah, this is
1: this is uh, not strictly a podcast either. It is a video, fully videoed show and everything. Oh, okay, um, yeah, it's closer to a broadcast than a podcast. There's they have a whole panel of guys, they have regular, uh, fairly high profile guests, and they often do release breaking news these days. In the last two years, they've grown uh, astronomically and become much more recognized which mm-hmm. is like honestly how they probably got in front of me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I wasn't like looking for a show and I, I just found them by accident, like seeing their clips on YouTube. Yeah. Now that they're big enough, like especially Aaron Rodgers in particular is a personal fa- a friend of AJ Hawk. So that's why he comes on all the time, but he like announced his decision to stay with green Bay for the first time, like on their show. So you could still get like breaking news but you get it from some like really cool dudes like Pat McAfee's super, just goofy guy.
0: I will check that out for sure. I'm also bringing something fun and unrelated to, um, writing or movies or any of that. It's a, it's a, she, she is an artist, not, it's not a group, but EDM, which is a genre. A lot of people are usually surprised. I listen to, (laughs) um, I do like some EDM, though, and I have to thank my friend Johnny for that. First introduced me to it and first introduced me to the artist we actually watched this weekend in Philly at the Met Opera House. Uh, Rez is who I'm who I'm saying for culture. And it's not like this is someone that people don't know about. If you're in EDM, Rez is like one of the most popular artists, not not a super down low independent person. EDM fans are going to know who Rez is right away, REZZ. But people who don't listen to EDM, I would suggest like giving giving Rez a try. She's got some really cool tones. I think it I think her kind of music would be very useful for like types of writing. Um I can every time I kind of hear it, I imagine like certain kind of action scenes, kind of like cyberpunky stuff. She's in what's like like that industri- industrial sounding EDM music and at the concert she did a remix of killing in the name of that got me probably the most hype i've been in a concert for like two years it was amazing i really don't have a ton more to like say about her except you just gotta listen to her to find out she has a really cool kind of psychedelic industrial style of edm gets you in the mood for for writing some action scenes i would say or at least it does me so if you're looking for some background music for a more fast-paced scene that you're trying to get down on paper, I'd give Rez a try.
1: Yeah, Deanna likes EDM for running and stuff, so I've definitely heard Res before. But yeah, she's pretty good. I like her. You know, I'm not really a huge EDM guy, but it's like adjacent to Lo-Fi, the much more yeah. intense, violent yeah. cousin of Lo-Fi. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> aggressive cousin. it's like it's like to alt rock it's like punk rock to alt rock
1: yeah right and i i definitely oh. love lo-fi that's what i write too but the uh mm-hmm. edm is dna De- one of Deanna's favorite genres so i've i've heard a of couple of res songs and yeah they're they're good as it as uh edm goes for sure i also just love her like stage appearance
0: i mean so many edm people that i've seen like have these wild crazy costumes or like wear big like fake heads or Mm -hmm. like dead mouse has the masks that they always uh wear and sometimes they're in like flamboyant suits and stuff and it's kind of like the appearance res just goes up there in like a t-shirt a baseball cap and these glasses that have like hypnotic squirrel swirls Mm. and that's it so like you it was cool on stage because she was completely almost like blacked out you couldn't really see her you just saw her like hypnotic swirl glasses. <laughs> it was it was kind of mesmerizing. It was cool.
1: Nice. That's um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, bring some culture isn't really specifically about representing the under the unseen. Just more about like we saw a cool thing and we think our viewers might enjoy it and should know about it, you know? For sure. So, because Pat McAfee on the same note is not unknown at this point, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, definitely a very popular show. So, check out Rez, check out Pat McAfee if you haven't checked out either of those already. um, It might be a case of if you haven't seen him yet, it's uh, you're not, you don't really want to. But if you do want to and you're just hearing about him from us, and those are your kind of things, EDM and NFL football. Then go check them out because those are both two awesome places to to get some of that content. On, Travis, yo, we're getting into the big part of the show. We're getting into the main portion. We're getting into the forced entralment. And right. uh, what 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 show are we going to talk about today?
0: We are doing another definitive classic. You don't know what we think about it, but what we can say for sure is it's a classic. Cult it classic. Has, it is a cult classic. It has a very um, adamant fan base. So the show is Firefly. Um, Firefly. Bow, 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 bow. It was a Fox television series that was controversially canceled after one season um and then later given a uh, live action film at a uh, to kind of wrap up the storyline called serenity it actually has quite a bit of controversy surrounding it because it was directed by joss whedon who's been kind of a controversial figure in the media right now but we'll we'll get into that i'm sure in the debate um it is a it's a space western to put it simply it is about a band of smugglers in the distant future in a kind of universe where wealth isn't very distributed equally among different star um planet systems um and so it is a lot like the wild west where one central government and these kind of urban planets like controls a lot of things called the federal government, like the feds and the outer planets are sort of dusty like western like uh outskirt towns uh that you would you would see in again i keep saying western but that's really the theme of the thing it's if you imagine early uh, settling Ill, early pilgrimage america where the east coast was this kind of thriving new versioning metropolis of money and then the further you pushed west was like this no man's land it's like that but in space um and you follow a band of smugg- smugglers who run different jobs are led by um a sort of roguish captain who has kind of a Han Solo vibe, uh, played by Nathan Fillion, called Captain Mal, and his crew. And it's, yeah, I don't think there's too much more to say without getting into, like, debate and spoiler territory. Uh. I guess one of the other plot points is that they do pick up these two refugees, um, a pair of siblings, that have kind of something going uh, that's a little off about them, that kind of drives a lot of the central plot points.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So... But that is Firefly.
1: All right. So we're going to move into the, the debate portion now that you know what we're debating. The way we do forced entrollment is we're each going to roll a D20. The higher roll gets to or has to, depending on your outlook on the situation, defend the book show or movie that we're talking about. The lower roll has to be an antagonist against it, has to attack it, tear it down regardless of what we actually think, and we'll tell you what we actually think after the 10-minute timer is up. Before we roll our dice, however, we also have a trivia question, and that trivia question will determine who gets advantage on their roll. So whoever asks the question, if they're able to stump the person who has to answer, then they will get advantage, which means they get to roll twice and take whichever dice roll they prefer. So for example... If, Travis, uh, if I'm not able to answer Travis's question today correctly, then he will get to roll his d20 twice. Say he rolls a 5 and an 18. If he doesn't like Firefly, he will choose the 5, and he'll simply tell me that he had a lower roll than, say, my 7. Um, if he liked Firefly and prefers to defend it, he would say higher uh, than my 7 with his 18, and he would get to defend it, get his choice. So that's how this game works. We're going to go ahead and we're going to do a trivia question. Then we'll roll the dice and then we'll have 10 minutes to debate. And then we'll, uh, we'll move on from there.
0: All right. So are you ready? I'm ready. Firefly was plagued with a lot of problems that caused its early cancellation. Fox's main reason was saying that its numbers weren't high enough, even though it's become a cold classic now. But that wasn't even the first problem that happened with the show. Early pre-production, when the write, the kind of conclusion to the writing was coming to a close, there were was one plot point that Fox Network really didn't like and demanded Joss Whedon rewrite, and he refused and uh, actually did win to get his first season greenlit. What was that plot line? Was it? well not plotline. I guess sort of story element was it a they thought Captain Malcolm was too much like Han Solo and he <laughs> needed to be rewritten B they did not like the character of Jane Cobb and thought he would not play to a younger audience on their network C they didn't think the Religious dialogues that the character of Shepard had with a lot of the other crew would play very well to an audience. Or D, they did not want to have a happily married couple of Wash and Zoe to be part of the show.
1: Hmm. I'm going to go C.
0: You're going C, Shepard being cut? Yeah. The answer was D. They did not want an automatic happy married couple they wanted more of a build-up romance and dramatic one like most daytime television but joss whedon said it was pivotal to the show that zoe and wash be married when the show starts
1: yeah well he was right yeah i I think that's a great element in the show that's without saying what i think about the show as a whole but i always thought that was something that actually really stood out about firefly and nobody ever does that no (laughs) um so yeah Cool. Well I'm glad he won that because that was a good part of the show. But um cool. All right. You've roll got advantage. Em. Let's do it.
0: Nine. Lower. All right. I did not roll well. <laughs> uh-huh. All right. So for you defending the show, the timer starts
1: no. Alright. Firefly is a cult classic for a reason. Ever since I first saw it, and I am going to go ahead and I'm going to say if you argue using the pilot episode as an example of anything, I, <laughs> I'm i going to have to agree with you. The pilot episode is not great of Firefly. But aside from that, once they hit their stride, episodes three and on, that show is a phenomenally fun Show driven by powerful dialogue, well fleshed out characters, and great uh, pacing from episode to episode. I think it does a great job of keeping you on the edge of your seat. Um, the sets are fantastic. Uh, they built the ship like the ship literally existed in its entirety, and those actors live there. You know, they live there for months, and you can tell because the ship feels lived in. I always thought that was one of the coolest things about Firefly. It, it it just felt like that ship was really home to somebody. And when you watch the BTS of it, uh, all the actors will testify to that being an awesome part of the experience. I also love that cast, you know? Um, it wasn't like... It's not like star-studded, you know? It, it is, but they're all sort of like that second-tier stars that are like, good enough to be a-listers but just never quite made it for whatever reason mm-hmm. i mean you've got morena baccarin adam baldwin uh you've got alan tudyk who is one of my favorite actors honestly i've never seen an alec tudyk alan tudyk part that i didn't like you know and i and i love nathan fillion like he plays one character but <laughs> I, I i love nathan fillion's portrayal of 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 himself in all yeah. His shows. yeah <laughs> um I also really like Jewel State that played Kaylee. I thought she was awesome. Uh, Kaylee's a fantastic character. And I know Joss Whedon's a very controversial figure, especially in terms of feminism. But I don't think that does detract from the powerful women roles in Firefly and how early that that was done. Like, making a prostitute one of your most important diplomatic figures is not only, like, uh, realistic but uh, I thought it was well executed and I thought Marenia Backerin did a great job. I also thought that yeah, having your ship mechanic be a woman was a unique choice and that Kaylee was a very interesting character, well-fleshed out character. And then of course, the prodigy of the whole show is uh is River. So, I thought it was a pretty well-represented show all things considered. And I am I'm, I'm putting aside controversy behind the scenes because that it detracts from from the image of Joss Whedon but it doesn't make the script worse you know Mm -hmm. it doesn't make the performances worse Um, and I thought those two things were extremely well done I mean there's a reason there was so much outcry when Firefly was cancelled and it's because it wasn't really the show's fault it was mostly the network's fault that it got cancelled it was released out of order it was underproduced um mm-hmm. it was just really bad execution on the part of the network and despite that terrible execution the show still managed to build a massive fan base like you'll still find a firefly stand at, at any comic con you know mm-hmm. so like the fact that it's managed to do that despite its adversity despite joss whedon uh, is is a testament to how good of a show it actually is i mean 2002 was a tough time to do a high level sci-fi especially in television because television back then was not television now no but but firefly is the kind of show that made people think back then that television could be as good as movies because because it is
0: i don't disagree with you on a lot of stuff i don't the casting is not something i can you know honestly insult because you're right uh they are like a list level people who just never really made it a list, um, and I'm with John Allen Tudyk. He's amazing. <laughs>
1: um, Real but... before before you tear it apart too. Can we agree that Mark Shepard is a dog? <laughs> yeah, Mark, Mark Shepard Shep- is awesome. Yeah, he is a great <laughs> character. He is a great yeah. character.
0: My problems, and uh, it's it's hard to say, but okay, you watched so. He... I think this is an age difference thing. And this is the first time this is really showing this heavily with us, but we are four and a half years apart.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: you watched Firefly, what, in high school?
1: Um, yeah, yeah, late high school, early college.
0: Yeah, late high school, early college. I'm, I'm watching it now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And to me, it just it didn't hold up to the hype, I was told that it was, you know, breakneck paced. And I think comparatively, like it does have a it does have a better pace than a lot of like daytime television of the time. But the pacing and the cinematic feeling of of television has changed so much that it still feels to me like daytime television. It gives me like supernatural vibes a lot of the times of like a CW show, the way it's shot the way it's edited, the way it's cut, because you can tell they're on this weird time frame that was demanded of those kinds of shows of, hey, I'm coming home from work. I have an hour after dinner to watch this show. So the show's got to be edited really choppily. The The streaming world has changed a lot of that to where we can just make mega movies. And I would say like shows in the later 2000s changed a lot of that more so than Firefly. Like I would, I would say Breaking Bad contributed to the new type of television sopranos a lot more than firefly did so my biggest criticism is i think it's kind of choppily edited and i think a lot of the performances though good it's kind of like how you said with alien they just have a different feeling they have that early 2000s you could tell joss whedon was kind of pressured to make another buffy and that's what he was trying he he had that creative outlet eke into it of hey Fox wants another Buffy. So here's another Buffy. Um, and a lot of it just feels like that. And it, I can watch it. I enjoy it, but it, it does not suck me in. I find myself looking at my phone a lot of the times throughout the episodes and then hearing like a quote and looking up and being like, Oh crap, I missed a moment because I was kind of bored or I didn't like the way that action scene was edited together. Um, and at the same time, my other biggest criticism is I don't think it catches its pace until episode five. And it's only a 14 episode show. So by the time it hit the ground running, it's already a quarter of the way over. And I, I kind of have lost interest in investment. I think this story would have been amazing if it was made today and with the means of production, with the streaming format, with the mega movie kind of mindset that they have, I would have loved to see what the writers of Firefly could have weaved together into one continual story. But unfortunately, what I feel like I watched and what I got was a uh, week to week, um, just heist of the week, with attempts to kind of weave more overarching plot lines in there, but never enough commitment. Like they had to stay with that weekly Buffy type style. And yeah, it just kind of gives a CW vibe to it. So those are my biggest criticisms.
1: In in what way do you think that Firefly is like Buffy? Like, because if it's a matter of voice, then that's pretty typical of every well-known director i mean i'm watching the newsroom right now and sorkin's voice in the newsroom is just like his voice in uh the chicago seven or is it the chicago five
0: yeah yeah no yeah yeah, you know like
1: like good voice good voice is going to translate story to story i mean read a stephen king book and read another stephen king book you know it's it's stephen king in both books so like that witty like that witty uh dialogue and like well-written interaction between characters that really builds the characters by showing us through what they say rather than them telling us how they're feeling you you see it in how they perform and how they talk to each other i think that's what joss whedon's best at and i think that's very prevalent in firefly and buffy so I think that's a, a strong part of Firefly, the strongest part, because I don't necessarily disagree with you on the action in particular. The action's a bit cheesy. It's very early 2000s, and, and it is cut for television. There's the cheesy, like, zoom in. This is clearly a commercial break. Here we go, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's, that's annoying more. to me as well. But the, I don't think, so if that's what you mean, then again, that's the production Board game spot. of the
0: week! Board Game of the Week! Board Game of the Week! I don't get to the tour! I don't get to the tour! Board Game of the Week! Alright! So, the board game this week, we are sticking to our sort of combative card games theme for the month. And the one we're talking about today is actually a, like, what would you say? A sequel, an offset to another board game. Uh, There's a board game called Seven Wonders, but they made a two-player version of it called seven wonders duel seven wonders duel has definitely become one of my favorite all-time games after clayton introduced me to it Mm -hmm. um it is a i guess a deck building what is the official term you're the board game expert here
1: it's it's more like an engine builder there we go anything yeah you're just sort of engine
0: builder combat card combat kind of system so you're you're building an empire is the the premise of the game is you're building the best like ancient empire and it's like roman uh greek themed and you're trying to collect resources like catan but in a different way there's a tower of cards you have to pick from the tower uh alternating turns You collect resources, you buy wonders. There's seven wonders in the world, and the wonders get you special things. Um, The cool thing I think, though, about Duel, and I'm sure Clayton, you'll agree, is that there's multiple ways to win, and each way to win is just as valid. Um, Because there's a lot of games.
1: Huh? Except for science. I've won with science. What? Yeah. You've won with science? Who wins with with science? science? I, I did. <laughs> One time?
0: No, science, I think, is just as valid as military when you think about it. Because oh, the way to man. stop it is by predicting cards in the future. But sometimes you just run into, like, oh, my gosh, I can't. There's nothing else I can do. The person's just going to get the science thing. I say science is valid. I've won what science wants. All right. Um, but anyway, um, <laughs> there's three ways to win. You can win by, like, military, science, or points at the end. And all three ways are valid. All three ways have their benefits and their downfalls. And a lot of games, I think, have different ways to win, but you can kind of just figure out, like, oh, this this is the way. Like, <laughs> do this every time, and you're going to win.
1: Um, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think duel's a great game for for the reasons you said. I uh, d- disagree with the thing about science. But other than that, <laughs> yeah, I think you got it pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. There's a lot of different ways to mess with your opponents. It's very one-on-one pitch battle, you know? (laughs) So it's not one of those games where, like, you're both trying to win, but you're kind of doing parallel play. It's more like you are directly head-to-head messing with each other. So if you like that kind of game that's very competitive and very based on, you have to adapt. I think that's what I like best about Duel. Because you can have a plan, (laughs) but, like, because you're both picking from the same pool of cards, your opponent's going to know what your plan is. So they're going to find ways to disrupt it. And then you have to adapt, you have to disrupt their plan. And you have to try not to spend all your time disrupting and still building your own way to win. So it's pretty fun. Another thing I will say about Duel is it has excellent expansions. A lot of games, you'll get an expansion. And it's like, okay, so you gave me like an extra thing I can do in this game, but it doesn't Either it doesn't plug in very well or it's just like, yeah, that's just like more to worry about, but it doesn't really enhance the game. Duel has one expansion that we bought called Pantheon, which just is one of the most seamless expansions I've ever seen. Um, and it's it's fantastic. It, I mean, the board you get for Pantheon literally like fits right on top of the normal Duel board, like a puzzle piece. And all it does is it adds the gods, uh which is awesome and you get gods from uh lots of the ancient cultures so there's like babylonian gods egyptian gods roman gods greek gods um and one other culture of gods i can't remember um but yeah it's it adds the gods and then it adds a mechanic where you can uh show your devotion to the gods and earn god's favor and get more extra powers kind of like the wonders so it's it's really cool to have those expand. I love when games have an expansion that just like really enhances the game without changing it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's a really hard thing for game companies to do. And uh, they did a great job with it on with dual Pantheon. So also dual is like a tiny game. And it's cheap. So like, it's a great game you can like throw in your backpack and take to the coffee shop or the bar wherever take it on a trip it's not going to take up like a a backpack by itself like terraforming mars you know yeah Mm uh it's like tiny so that's a great a great thing about it too
0: yeah duel's a great game we suggest you play it uh seven wonders duel Uh, i haven't uh you can also probably play the original seven wonders but pretty much everyone i've talked to says duel is more fun
1: yeah, I don't know about seven. I've actually never played Seven Wonders either. Never felt the need. Yeah. It looks a lot like Duel, and I'm just like, <laughs> Duel is a great game. So,
0: all right. So Clay. Oh wait, no, I won't. Ah, I was, it's you. Was, yeah, you're the Dagger. dissenter,
1: so you got to go first.
0: So I, I actually did roll, put it pretty low. I did roll at twelve, so I could have taken higher, but I know that you have more of a attachment to this show. Um, <laughs> all of that to say, I didn't uh-huh. hate it. Oh, that's good. I also wasn't lying. I do like Firefly. It's entertaining. I do think I came to it a bit late, um, because it the special effects don't really hold up as much as like stuff that I watch nowadays. It is cut for that was kind of the thing I was attacking the most is like the style in which it's edited. It's cut for like commercial breaks and. Mm -hmm. the old form of 2000s television which is what I was kind of getting at with it looking like Buffy and a CW show Mm -hmm. but I do think it's far superior in storytelling than CW shows the characters are great uh I think they do start to put together a um overarching plot that I'm really getting engaged in by episode I think it was six I really started getting sucked in. But I do actually think they kind of hit the ground running a bit late. And that's probably because of production problems. But, yeah, I would have loved to see this show get more seasons, as I know all of the fans would, because I really think they were on to something. And Mm -hmm. I honestly do believe, like, this storyline and premise would be so good in the modern style of
1: television. But, yeah,
0: alas, it is not.
1: Like, if HBO... If, like, 2012 HBO would have made Firefly. Oh, yeah. That would have been awesome.
0: With the same cast and everything. Because it it really is. It sets itself apart from the other kinds of shows that look a lot like it by having a witty script, great cast, and wonderful performances.
1: Well, I feel like that's like a star maker show instead of a star user show. You know? Yeah most good television shows that have gone really big like game of thrones is a, a good example as always but i mean <laughs> how many of those actors are all over the place now mm-hmm. you know game or uh, breaking bad same thing mm-hmm. um not that like brian cranston wasn't already a star but like a, a lot of the other actors in in game of thrones have, or uh, sorry uh, breaking bad have been in many other things now and everybody knows who they are now because everybody watched breaking bad
0: the wire the Mm-hmm. Both of those rocketed people's careers to the height that they are now. Totally,
1: yeah. Newsroom, Newsroom, yeah, uh, those are those are star maker shows, and I think Firefly had the potential to be one of those if it hadn't been smothered by the network. You know, mm-hmm. also Fox sucks at making TV. <laughs> yeah. um, they like always have, and that's just kind of what it is firefly yeah. it sucks firefly was on Fla- uh, on fox if it would have been on like again hbo it would have been awesome mm-hmm. but what do you do i think most of the problems with with firefly are production based though i don't think you can make too many cases for the i agree that the first few episodes are a bit weak compared to the last ones uh yeah. where it really has hit its stride it gets much more powerful um but it was written to be like a seven season show so yeah that's part of it too. It was a very big story that that Joss Whedon had and I don't know if you watched Serenity or not. I'm assuming you didn't. No. Serenity is actually like a pretty good movie. It's like not enough, you know. Mm-hmm. I did really like it and I thought it was it's very sad, it's very tragic and they tried to tell 7 seasons of story in one movie which obviously never works. But they did what they could and You know, it just sucks that Firefly ended the way it did because I think it was really well written and well performed and uh, put together good. So,
0: yeah, the only the only other insult I was gonna have, which doesn't hold a ton of ground, but was kind of to bring up all the controversies, not like big time. I do think a little bit of the Joss Whedon feminism is very outdated. Not from the female characters. I think it's a lot of like how the male characters react to women in power sometimes is like mm. <laughs> you know like we've we've heard that line too many times like like the, the love story between mal and um oh what's her name uh
1: oh uh inara
0: inara sometimes
1: i'm like i don't buy
0: it you know it's the kind of like enemies to lovers kind of thing like oh he insults her all the time and calls her a whore to her face, but she she really loves him because he's like a roguishly good looking dude. That I'm like, okay, I'm I'm over that. But other than that, I mean, it's minor stuff that I find like writing flaws in. The overarching characters and like the majority of the dialogue is awesome. And I love Wash and Zoe.
1: Yeah. And I, I definitely don't agree with that uh shallow shallow uh assumption of mal's character i think he's got much deeper reasons for the things he says to an than just because she's a whore i think it's more his own jealousy and stuff which does seem more accurate to me um but i agree that it's outdated uh for sure i mean any kind of like looking back at anyone trying to be progressive in 2002 like yeah <laughs> These yeah. days, you're kind of gonna, you're kind of gonna be like, yeah, nice try, but you know, uh, we're obviously way past a lot of that stuff at this point. And I, I will I'm,
0: admit, I'm probably like a little biased and tainted by reading Joss Whedon's interview where he really kind of revealed what kind of a person he is, and it wasn't oh, very, yeah. was not pleasant. So like, I'm watching the show after reading that interview, and I feel like I will honestly admit sometimes I'm like looking for stuff to just be like oh there it is
1: we should have known you know pseudo feminism
0: <laughs> and i i shouldn't do that because like it's yeah but i do it and that's just the fact that that article is in my mind before i even started fireflies
1: fair enough i mean yeah the article's terrible uh, it sucked for me because i used to be a pretty big joss whedon fan before all this stuff came out mm-hmm. um and now it's just hard to be a joss whedon fan honestly uh, how do you how do you really be one? It's like, yeah, I, I keep going back to the the football references, but it's like, how how do you still like Ben Roethlisberger? <laughs> Come on, <Yeah. laughs> let's yep. do we have to still like that guy? No. Like I know he throws footballs good, but like, screw that guy, you know. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel kind of the same way about Josh Whedon. I still I think he's very much like Roethlisberger. Actually, I think he's very good at what he does. I think he made a lot of good stuff. A lot of stuff he was involved in is my favorite. Some of my favorite cinema, but like, screw him. He sucks. Yeah, you know? and that's too bad. It's too bad, but it's true. Still, I think Firefly was was a well written uh, show. I think it had good performances, and I think uh, I think that as a as a team, the people on Firefly, we're trying to do a good thing. You know.
0: Yeah, and I agree. And I think Uh, to end on a a positive note, like that we could talk all night about sort of separating the artist from the art kind of stuff. But really, I do think Firefly is, it was a team effort and it's a team effort that worked. I didn't love it, um, but I I do like it. And I think it's far superior to a lot of the shows that were debuting in the same decade.
1: All right. So all those things considered um, here on Sinister Soup. We are now, this season, we're going to start rating everything we do because we want our Instagram to become kind of a, a bookstagram slash filmagram, moviegram, filmagram. whatever you call you know the cinema side of a bookstagram. We're going to release this every week too, our official Sinister Soup review rating,
0: yeah. which
1: totally carries absolutely no weight right now, but someday, no. hopefully we'll carry a modicum of some sort of weight.
0: And we do out of eight stars because five's not enough and ten's too much.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly why. I mean, honestly, it is, right? Ten is like, ten is so much that anything below four, it's like... A one. It, it So it feels like three wasted stars to me. Yes. You know? There's some wasted stars going on. We're cutting out the wasted stars.
0: But the five yeah. is like there's too, like, there's too big of a gap between three and four, in my opinion.
1: Or between four and five, yeah, two big, really big hurdles there. Like, what's really the difference between a four and a three, or a four and a five? Yeah, exactly. what the hell's a four, you know? Yeah. And for that matter, for ma- for that matter, what's a three? You exactly. know what I mean? So, so we're, we're doing- going with eight. Yeah, I think it it cuts out the two, Benny. It's a it's an it's a few more than five. So what are we gonna give Firefly out of? Uh, out of 8 stars. How about we both think about what we think it is and then we'll say it uh and then we'll agree. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, I'm I'm going to say it's a 5.
0: I was going to say it was also a 5.
1: All right. We yeah, agree. We agree. I think yeah, I think it could have been an 8 had it, or not an 8 maybe, but definitely could have been a 6 7 rating if it had gotten more seasons um if it hadn't been marred by production troubles with the fox network and i mean really those are the those are the main two reasons because i i don't think you can hold the decade a film was made in against it really when you're rating it you kind of have to rate it against the time it was in yeah but in terms of like 2000 i can't think of a whole lot of 2002 that is can't think of a whole lot of shows i like a lot more than it no. Um, what else was going on in 2002? I don't even know, man. I was seven. Right. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, look at these other... These are the other things I'm seeing. I'm seeing Dinotopia. I'm seeing yeah. Everwood.
0: <laughs> nope.
1: I'm seeing Without a Trace.
0: The don't even shield.
1: know What? That what? Uh, what was the last one? Uh, the Shield. Okay, that was pretty popular. You know, which... Uh, Naruto, yeah. Power Rangers Wild Force. (laughs) So, like, (laughs) let's be honest. Like, you know, Firefly was pretty good for when it was, but at the same time, like, we're we're rating it against everything out there. Uh, So, I think yeah, it gets the. I think a five rating is plenty fair. I think it's well above a four or lower, but I just think there's too many issues with it, and we didn't get to see enough of it to bump it into that six seven eight range
0: 100 percent solid
1: middle of the road it is a
0: solid middle of the road it could have been great top of the road stuff but you know it it's not
1: yeah and you know for a show that for a show that got one season that was you know production from the production network side of things completely a botch job mm-hmm. it was it's amazing how popular it still is hmm so I mean, there's a
0: tabletop role-playing game based on firefly
1: yeah there's yeah a whole board game there yeah. um and like i said it's still at comic-con and it, it is 10 years later and everyone hates joss whedon but people still like firefly oh 100 yeah tons of homages to it in like lots of nerdy geeky films too
0: yeah
1: um so yeah good job everybody in firefly you did good uh especially we're you, a... you especially you alan tudyk especially you alan tudyk you rock, we, dude. we love
0: you alan if you ever listen to this show
1: he won't uh alan i love you man you're a great actor <laughs> you're fantastic that's all i got to say to alan tudyk he's a he's a great dude wish i wish i did more things
0: i think that's how we should conclude is just being alan tudyk fanboys
1: yeah all right so uh everybody follow alan tudyk on instagram twitter <laughs> Uh, Follow them everywhere. And I'll put some information on where you can follow me and Travis on social media and on my website and anywhere else you might want to do that. We'll also put links to our Bring Some Culture segments. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much going to be a podcast. That's a podcast. Ladies, gentlemen, and everybody else. Until next time, I have been Claver Mullen,
0: And I have been Travis
1: we are both still those people.